Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to today's episode of Musings with Jesus. My name is Shola, I'm your host. Thank you for joining me. I hope you're well. I hope you're good. I hope everything is fine in your world. Um, Today is the 15th of January. I kid you not, this year, I think we're literally going to like sleep and wake up and find out that half of the year is gone because it's really moving very fast. And for me, it's like, there's so much work to be done. You you have this, you know this saying about striking when the iron is hot. I feel this year like, I just have that feeling that there's so much to be done and that there's a need to do it, you know, at the right time. It's like the time, I can just see that the time is right to finally do something that I've wanted to do for a very long time, I've needed to do. And the door is now open and I just have to, you know, going with all that I, that is worth. So I just get the sense that this is a year that is a year of possibilities. It's a year that God has earmarked that I am going to be able to do a number of things that I have wanted to do, I have yearned to do. But, the, you know, the time and the space was just not there. I just have that sense. And I've said this in the previous episodes over and over and i'm likely to continue to say it over and over again so please just bear with me i really get that sense because the speed the number of things this the the the, the 15 days the last 15 days have been in fact let's just say from january 1st it's almost like somebody just you know like um, when you're on 100 meter race track somebody fired a gun and i just went off it's so clear to me what I need to do. You know, most of the times we have situations and we, we lack clarity. You know, we lack clarity. It's so clear what I need to And it's like every stage I am being led. And, and the funny thing is like, I don't know where it's all ending, but I think the last two years of learning how to trust God, how to walk with God and how to go at his peace has really helped. Because I just find that, you know, I just, I wake up, I think about something I scroll on the internet, an idea comes, I implement the idea. If I, you know, all of a sudden results come in, I'm like, whoa, okay, so there's something here. He's just leading me. I'm stumbling on resources that I never knew existed. I am connecting with people that I have longed to meet, but I never was not able to. I am developing plans that I had no, I didn't even know I had the knowledge inside of me to bring it out. So I know that God is, I can see the Holy Spirit. His, his fingerprint is all over the place. So all I am doing is just following him. So, and I, because of that, my faith is so strong. I am assured that it's going to be successful because I, because even where we have gotten to, I, I couldn't have done it by myself. As in, I had been praying and wanting. There was so much uncertainty. It wasn't even something that I thought I could do. I didn't even know how. I didn't know, you know, I just knew that I needed, I had a, I had a problem. I needed a solution. The how was completely lost to me. And I spent the whole of last year you know, which is part of my, those, those of you who maybe have been following for a long time, I spent the whole of last year working out a solution that I thought had God's um, stamp on it and everything was going well until when it just came to an abrupt end and it became clear that that wasn't what God wanted us to do anymore and it was very devastating. In fact, I spent the whole of October in grief, like mourning, you know, it took me a while to even come out of it and so november december and then all of a sudden i made one or two connects and then it's like god just i just felt a holy 
anger come up in me based on something that happened and i just felt you know what this is what i'm gonna do and it became very clear and that was it and from then just working in that and like my people nigerians would say like joke like joke <laughs> you know as in it's it's beginning to take shape it's beginning to take shape and all i would just say is that god you know he's he's just an awesome god and i know sometimes when people talk about god yeah it almost sounds like yeah they're just saying this because this is happening for them but which is why my prayer is that let all of us have our own personal experience because I found out my own experience has been that no matter how much I try to explain to people the value of what my experience with God is, I I, I still leave that um, situation not fully convinced that I have been able to transmit it. So I'm just like, you know what, let this person experience it. God, you know, this is why I don't bother to explain too much about certain things on this podcast because I know that it's not worth it because at the end of the day, you have to have your own experience. You just have to. You have to experience it. It's like somebody telling you how delicious a, 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 an apple pie or fruits or, or, or mango fruits are. I mean, like in Nigeria, we have some delicious mangoes. I mean, I can't describe the taste to you. You have to taste. You have to taste those mangoes yourself. It has to roll on your tongue. You have to chew it. You have to experience the, the, the juice of the fruit running through your fingers. Your tongue has to run over the roughness of the fruit and feel the liquid going down into your throat. You have to experience it. You just, I mean, I can't, I can't explain to you. I'll just say, I mean, really, in English, for instance, the only thing I can tell you is that it's it's sweet, it's juicy, it has a tangy taste, but really, that doesn't communicate the experience. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So I can try, and you can live feeling, oh, wow, okay, Shola Nigerian mangoes are really something, you know, but then, until you taste it. So that's exactly how it is, I think, working with God. So I'm just really grateful and thankful. And honestly, I don't really think I'm going to... I don't even know what title I'm going to give this episode and this recording today. It's just really... This is like my daily diary where I just talk about, yeah, how God is helping me through life. And I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. And one thing that is clear to me is that this year, he said to me that it's going to be my year of fruitfulness. And I'm appreciative of that because I think we've spent the last two years really digging up my life, tilling up. And I realized that there was a lot of weeds in my garden that needed to be rooted out. So we spent the last two years working on the soil, on the soil of my heart, on the soil of my life. And it looked like nothing was going on because that's just the way it is when you are tilling the ground. And we also started towards 20, I think 2020, 2021, we're uptilling up to last year, some very, <laughs> some very serious, long-standing weeds were uprooted for my life last year. In fact, I owe, I owe him my life. I can't even go into the details of that. So we started planting the seeds. By the time I went into seminary, planting seeds, I spent the whole year. In fact, it just dawned on me last week that I actually read the entire Bible last year <laughs> because on the seminary program, we had a, a course. I took three courses, all the Bible courses, and it takes you through the Bible, Genesis to Solomon, to Songs of Solomon, then Acts of the Apostles to Revelations, and then the Gospels and the Prophets, which is the entire Bible, really. So we read everything. We read everything. I read the entire Bible. The only chapters that I wasn't able to really complete was the book of Psalms. I mean, 150, please, you know. I mean, and I've read most of them, you know, but I couldn't read. I, and I, I was very upfront that, like, man, and I lost marks in that particular course because I just couldn't. I was like, 150 Psalms, are you kidding? And they were giving us, like, a week to run through it. I was like, ah, 
who, who does that so anyway so i think psalms a few of the a few of the prophets i didn't read all some of the prophets i didn't but there were some i really read like i did cover to cover genesis to some of okay leviticus those ones yeah i didn't numbers i read are surprising numbers was quite interesting exodus i think i read completely De- deuteronomy almost um the prophets i read quite significantly but i would say 75 percent in all some i finished some i didn't the very long ones ezekiel isaiah jeremiah i tried i really tried but i mean i, I didn't read all but almost all. but so i would say i covered to cover 80 percent of the bible last year which is not bad i've never done that before <laughs> you know it won't go so so of course that kind of word and we're not just reading we're meditating we're studying we're writing term papers you know so all of that seed apparently had gone into the heart and the soul of my life and god is now saying now is the time to begin to bear fruits so it requires me doing things i've started doing those things and i'm i'm i can see that god is about to do something very awesome i can see it i in fact i've already i can see that the impact of this is going to be beyond probably maybe even my lifetime what he's doing and as time goes on i'll begin to share it but right now I've also learned when, you know, I, I, I'm, yeah, let's just, God is in the birthing space, we're in the birthing space. There's all I just need to tell you that God is doing something with me. And um, so let's see how it goes. So I, the sense I get is that I need to focus. And there's a scripture that talks about, you know, following the word of God and the direction of God and not turning from the left or the right, turning away from the left or the right. I sense that that is what I need to do. Because there's a lot to be done, there's a sequence, there's a timing, there's a schedule, there's a programming, there's a checking. I have to get the right people on board and I have to start working with them immediately. I have to set, you know, and he's leading me, you know, and it's almost like everything in my life has prepared me for this point. I am so ready. I am so ready. I'm prepared. I am so ready. Now, I now realize why God separated and removed certain influences from my life. Because honestly, in fact, there was a, there's a particular influence that he removed last year that I knew that I would not have gotten to where I am if that influence was still in my life. Because that influence was as in, when you call somebody a thorn, a messenger of Satan, sent to, a thorn in the flesh, sent to buffet you. Meanwhile, I didn't know. <clears throat> This, I, I wasn't aware that this was a thorn in my flesh. I just wondering that why, why is this relationship so, why is it so difficult? Why do even the easiest things turn out to be difficult? Why, even when I try to help, it's a problem. You know, I didn't understand. I didn't understand. So when God, and this is a long-standing relationship, I can't even tell you. So how how long-standing? So but when God brought me to a place where it became clear what needed to live. And he created the opportunity for a seamless dismemberment, for lack of a better word. And it was painful for me because painful even to discover that this was actually a thorn in the flesh. Painful to discover that what I had thought was just personality was a personality clash or cultural conflict or generational conflict was actually much more than that. And that this was someone who was actually invested in making sure that I do not fulfill God's purpose in my life. And that everything about what they did in my life was to make sure that I never get to that point 
where I will fully appreciate God's presence in my life, the power of God's presence in my life, and that I will never be able to walk in the fullness of what God has planned for me. Their rule was to always cast questionable doubt on what God was saying to me at any point in time, my ability to walk in that which God was saying. And whether indeed I am even called to even do what I believe that God has called me to do. It was always just to cast reasonable doubt. You know those kind of people that we always tell you, and that's exactly what the devil did in the Garden of Eden. Did God really say? That was what he started off with. All he did was cast reasonable doubt. And if you notice all the horrible comments on social media today, that's all they do. People that come and, you know, you are telling your truth and somebody is saying that it's not true. They don't necessarily come and say you are lying. They just cast it out. Are you really sure? Is that really what happened? They start, you know, is your version of the truth? I mean, people come out and say they were sexually assaulted. People are asking, are questioning that. As if that is something somebody wants to wear on their head like a badge of honor. They now start questioning. Are you sure? After you went in there, the question motive, the question, ah, <laughs> God. As in, really, that's something anybody would like to, like, have on their repertoire, on their CV, as in, I was. You know, so it's just the crazy world we're in. And that's it. So once they cast that reasonable doubt, people start questioning. All of a sudden, you become a liar, even though they have not called you on, but they have casted reasonable doubt. So that's really what this person was doing in my life. So I thank God that, that this influence is no longer there because um, with that influence, it would have been impossible for me to focus. Because everything... And, you know, this is why I say we need God in our life as a counselor because we must never get to the place where there is someone in your life, particularly if you are somebody that you are working with God and God has a plan for your life. Because if there is someone who has a veto power over your convictions, I'm not saying over your life now, over your convictions. In other words, that person has the ability to change your mind about what you believe. You have better pray that that person is really following God. Because if that person is not the devil, we enter that person. Use that person to make sure they confuse you. So we should actually not give anybody that power. Veto over our convictions. Because, and that's why Jesus, the, the, the New Testament, the Christianity, Christ, the blood of Jesus, everything is democratized. He has removed the role of high priest. In those days, in the Old Testament days, the high priest was like the mediator. So people really had to go to the high priest. I mean, the high priest could go to the Holy of Holies. They couldn't go there. But Jesus tore open that veil and made it so that all of us can access the power of God through him. The mediator is now Jesus. And Jesus doesn't say, okay, I'm only, I only mediate for the apostles, I only mediate for the prophets. He, 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 no, he didn't say, oh, Paul has more access before John or John has more access before Shola. No, we have the same access, like literally. That's the beauty of the New Testament. God said it, Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty eight, Come unto me, all ye that are labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come unto me, all ye. Jesus says, Come. God says, Come, 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 come. He says, As many as called upon him, he gave them the power to be called the sons of God. Even to them that believed upon it. In John, the book of John, chapter 1, verse 12. It says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It is democratic, it is socialized. Whosoever. In Bulgaria, in Afghanistan, in Lagos, Nigeria, in Botswana, in Lesotho, in Swaziland, in Europe, 
in Australia, in New Zealand, in, in Great Britain, in the UK, in the US, whosoever, in Spain, in Portugal, in Latin America, in South America, in China, in Asia, in Japan, Korea, North and South Korea, in the Philippines, Indonesia, wherever the country may be, in Morocco, in Mauritania, in Mauritius, wherever, whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord. So, it's important that we build that relationship. That's what I have learned. And where I am now, I know, well, and I know it's a journey for everyone. It's been a journey for me too. And um, I, I believe that God will help each of us find the right balance. Sometimes you do find people that are committed to the Lord, are committed to his plan and program for your life. But they should never have a veto power. You know what I'm saying? Over your convictions. In other words, if the Lord is telling you to do something, there should not be somebody on earth that all the person needs to do is question what the Lord is asking you to do. And you will retract your steps. Because... It is, it, what I found out is that God's messages to us are customized. This doesn't mean that God will ask you to do something that is contrary to his word. No, that would never happen. So the Bible is, if, if you're doing something that is, or if I'm doing something that is contrary to God's word, I, I cannot say, oh, because God told me, so you don't know. No, 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 no. Whatever it is I heard, it's surely not God. God will not contradict his written word. But I'm saying, when there is no contradiction of the written word, and it's a spoken word, wisdom about something that has to do with your life, and you have tested it, you have proven it, because that's another thing. Sometimes I do this myself. I don't just, even when I receive a word, particularly when it's a very significant word, for instance, like this, about this relationship I was referring to, it took a long time. I won't just make a decision. It took a long time. The word had to prove itself. But the Bible says that by their fruits, you shall, you shall know them. When the fruits became too evident, it was too clear. I mean, I couldn't... I had avoided acting for so long. It it was it now became too much. It was there, there was and one, God just provided me a window, told me what needed to be done, and I ran through it. It wasn't easy. It was very difficult for me because I, I couldn't even believe. But the the physical evidence was so damning that I was like, "Shall I run for your life? Just run, run, and then ask questions later." You know that kind of run and run, run for your life, run. If you are making a mistake, God plead the blood of Jesus. God will forgive you. You know what I'm saying? I had to run. So I ran. I fled. I fled. I fled. I fled. And the peace that came upon me after the flame, I didn't even know. It was like I had started a new lease of life. I didn't even know it was possible. I didn't even know. You know, when you are... When you are not at peace, you don't even know that you are not at peace. It is when you are at peace that you don't realize that, oh, so I wasn't at peace before. You know, like that's exactly how it was. I wasn't at peace and I didn't know. Because I had gotten used to the turmoil and the toxicity that this person was, that I, that I was living with. Let me just put it that way. That I had become a part of my life. Let me say I was living with it. I had become a part of my life. Because it had been there for so long. And this is not a marital relationship because I know that's what you probably be thinking. It isn't. But it was something close enough close enough, even though not marital. So, um, I realized that I have to focus. This is really what I'm saying. And I realized, I now understand why the disciples, the apostles, lived very solitary lives. And in fact, we even see that people like Paul and, was it Paul and Barnabas or Paul and, you know, one of them, they had 
a contention at one time. They couldn't continue their journey together. They separated. Because even Jesus lived a solitary life. I understand it now. I get it. Because if God has, if you have a work to do, very few people can travel with you on that journey. Some people, they just generally don't understand. But there's some people that will actively are invested in making sure, make sure you don't fulfill that journey. And once God reveals, or they themselves reveal themselves to you, you cannot hesitate but to drop them. Particularly if the work that you are being asked to do is very significant. It's very significant to your calling, to your sense of purpose, to the quality, to your life, your spiritual life. <laughs> you just have to, uh, and yeah, you just have to set it aside, walk away. So for me, that focus is very important. Um, and I know that I want to lean on God to help me to maintain that focus this year every day of this year to just look ahead it's not something i'm very good at in the past i'm very i'm always the one that looks back you know you know like when they say don't look back that's always been me and i think that um affects my ability to run my race effectively Uh, when we watch all those um, 100 meter sprint races you notice that the people that look over their shoulders are always the ones they hardly ever win you can't win by looking over your shoulder you have to run your race even when somebody is coming behind you and is looking like he has almost won you press on you don't look over your shoulder you don't don't because it slows you down that's it i can't afford to be slowed down because the things that god is leading me to do now are things that he's trying to catapult me beyond to regain the years that were lost and those lost those lost years it's not even my own life it's it has impact on the next generation so I have very little time to close those gaps. So I have to be focused at this time. I, I can't afford to allow people who have decided to be self-centered and just think about themselves and, I don't know, and, and side with the devil for some reason. I can't afford any negative influences or interests in my life at this point in time. So, and um, at the end of the day, God has to have preeminence. Even in everything that I'm doing, even now, I'm going by his leading. Because like I said, this is stuff that I can't even do with my own power. So, it's because the unction is coming. I'm responding to the unction. Is the leading is coming. I'm responding to the leading. And then doors are opening. <laughs> because if they're not opening, then you can't go anywhere. Like when the door last year was shut in the path that we had considered. I literally, as in everything came to an end everything there was no there was no recovery it's so short that in fact the finality of this the, the finality of this of the shortness let me say it that way you know there was no opportunity to bring it up even i tried to 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 re to bring it up again but it was it, it was the door was closed it was closed so closed so i just had to go back to the lord and say you know okay so it's closed what are we going to do now I tried one or two things two things but now I can see that the door, another door is open, and it's open. So I'm not, I'm not asking any questions. I am going through that door. That's, that's, that's what I because, because I, I know what it means. I know, I know the difference between when a door is open and when it's closed. And I'm speaking spiritually here. And when a spiritual door opens, it actually shows physically. So things, it's almost like, like for instance, if you have a business, it's not been doing well for some reason. Nothing you're doing is yielding results. When God opens the door, all of a sudden. He, you may start doing certain things differently or even the same thing, but
but getting different results. But either way, the fruits will start coming. Then you, all of a sudden, there's an awakening. You, you, are, you, you are aware. There's clarity. You know what to do. You're not floundering anymore. And that sense of purpose comes in. Yes, you know that God has taken control. That's exactly how I am. There's, a, there's clarity. There's a sense of purpose. There's a path that I can see. There's a vision. All of it just divinely given to me. And he's bringing people to come and help me. Co-travelers. Making sure that our journeys are aligned at the same time. So I'm like, oh, Father, you've thought I'm, uh, my role is just to follow. But the only thing that I must do is stay the course and ensure that I am focused. Do what he asks me to do. Obedience, trust. That is what is required of me right now. So every assignment and task that he gives me every day, I must do it. If I can't do it, I will ask for help and believe in that he will do that which only him can. And I will never at any point in time take my eyes off him. So I've le- I'm learning and I've learned that rather than I'm, I will not get invested in this solution now because that's what happened the last time where I, although this is quite different, but getting to that point where I now start seeing the solution as the, the solution. No, the solution is just a path. Or rather, the physical solution is just a path. The, 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 the God, Jesus, is actually the solution. But the pathway, the journey that I'm on, is just the way in which he's expressing himself. But the source from which the real solutions will come, from which victory will be given and assured, is Jesus. So that's who I'll keep my eyes on. So that even if whatever it is we're doing now, if God wants to, dis- if, if it says that's not going to be, or it's going to bring it to an end or anything is going to happen, I will not be discouraged. I will know that the same God that allowed us to, that gave the inspiration, that allowed this flow and path to be open and these doors and all of us to do all these things, he has a plan. So, okay, Lord, tell us, wh- wh- where are we moving on to now? What's the detail? I'm not going to get invested in the program, but I'll be invested in the Lord of the program. Thank you very much for listening. God bless you. Stay lifted and have a wonderful day.